Welcome to the 10th episode of Season 2 of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by columnist Ann Killian to break down Golden State at the official midpoint of the season. Let's just recap real quick what we've seen so far this season. We've seen uh, a much publicized rift between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green that got national attention for a good couple weeks. Uh, we've seen relatively, you know, serious injuries to Draymond Green and Steph Curry. We've seen a ton of inconsistency. Uh, we've seen, um, I mean, you name it. It feels like we've had we've packed more storylines into this season than we did all last season, and we haven't even seen Demarcus Cousins come back yet. Exactly. We've also had the first four-game losing streak under Steve Kerr. We've got, you know, kind of an alarmist uh, sense about the young players and, you know, where this team maybe is headed uh, in terms of getting young players ready to play. Um, it's just, it's it's different, um, you know, from, from a re- reporting point of view, it's, it's kind of more interesting because, you know, instead of just counting up the blowouts and the and you know how many how many wins will they have this season there's a lot of stuff that was kind of unexpected and I, I think that um, you know it, it makes it kind of intriguing it makes the end game a little more interesting um, instead of just seeming preordained yeah I've actually had to write about write about basketball this season whereas, what? <laughs> whereas last season it was like you know when when a team is just winning over and over there's only so many different ways to write about a team playing really well um, and, you know, obviously the storyline, the main storyline last season was dealing with their own complacency, and you can only write that in so many ways. So as the beat writer, you're looking for, for different ways to produce content, different story angles, a lot of which are off the court. But this season, the stuff going on the court has been pretty intriguing itself. And, you know, just kind of looking at the numbers real quick, you know, we're we're at, here at the midway point – the Warriors have not played the Knicks. This the podcast will probably come up after they have played the Knicks. But uh, entering the Knicks game, they are at they're twenty six and fourteen. And the good news for the Warriors is that they're only you know one game back of Denver for the conferences Western Conference's top seat. Um, so you know it could be a lot worse. You know a lot of things have gone wrong, but they're still well within reach of all their goals. And you know when we're looking at the specific. Uh, you know, a specific timeline that puts them on pace for about 53 wins, which is well short of what Vegas had. Vegas had, I think, the over under for them for win totals this season was 62.5. Their average uh, win total for the past four seasons, this is a good 13 or 14 games be- behind that. So, um, in your mind, has it been a disappointing season? Um, and, and should the Warriors look at it like that? No, I don't think you can say it's disappointing yet because we know that um, success or disappointment comes at the end of the season. I think it's been interesting, and I think it's been unexpected. Um, and, you know, I mean, night in, night out, quite frankly, um, I'm I'm finding a little more intrigue with every game, just, you know, your average game against, say, Sacramento, um, <laughs> you know, is, is a lot more interesting than it would have been before, part of that Sacramento, obviously, but also... This is a team that is a little unpredictable. Um, And I think, um, you know, I think the most alarming thing for 
a lot of people was seeing the rift between Draymond and Durant because that is something that goes uh, against the storyline that you know we've been um, writing about and pumping out for four years, which is you know the good ship warriors, you know team chemistry so great that everyone wants to play here. Now there's questions about whether Durant really wants to play here, about how serious this rift is, and I'm just curious from you because you're with this team every day. What do you think the fallout has been from that? Because it was such a big deal and kind of so surprising in the suspension of Draymond. It was clearly the most dramatic point of the uh, of the first half. But what, what do you think uh, the fallout has been? I don't think it's been as big as people might believe from the outside. I will say that that first week or so, there was definitely an awkward vibe around the team. And I think a lot of it had to do just – with the media circus surrounding them. You know, they they felt uncomfortable with the fact that everyone was writing about stuff going on behind closed doors. And we've heard Kevin Durant a million times beg media to just write about basketball. In his mind, we should not care about anything that happens off the court. Um, but I will say that um, there has been a different vibe around this team this season, and I'm, I, can't, I can't figure out 100% how much of it is related to any potential issue with Durant and Green. I think they've done a good job of being professional. Uh, I think I don't think they're best friends. I don't think they're hanging out a ton in their free time, where, whereas they used to. So that is a change. But um, I think that there, there's, there's just a lack of cohesion in this locker room as opposed to the past couple seasons. And I think you're seeing that translate at times to the court, I think a lot of their their early struggles had to do with the fact that you had guys in and out of the lineup. Obviously, both Steph and Draymond missing significant time. There weren't any any uh, there was no rhythm with the substitution patterns, and so they they didn't they had a tough time kind of getting in a groove. But now they've been healthy for a little while, so I don't think that can be really be an excuse. That kind of diagnosing their problems is a lot more nuanced than last season when last season it was really easy just to say oh well they're easily the most talented team in the league and all their problems are their own doing they're all their biggest obstacles their own complacency this this season it's it's much more multifaceted yeah I would agree that what we're seeing is the um, growth of a championship team you know I don't know if it's a dynasty but it's close to a dynasty and I think you know, I've seen it before, years and years ago with the 49ers. Um, you know, when when they first won, it was so remarkable. Everyone was so young. It was so unexpected. And they all became kind of superstars almost overnight. And then now we're into year four of it. They've added a superstar. They've all got, they're all their own brands. They've all got their own corporations, basically, you know, running running at the same time that they're trying to play basketball together. They get pulled in different directions. I mean, Steph clearly, you know, now he has three little kids and, you know, is um, has a million obligations. Durant doesn't have that family obligation, but he certainly has a huge business obligation. Some of the glue guys are different. You know, early on we had, um, uh, well, we, last year we had David West, um, uh, other guys from the past, you know, Nick, well, Nick Young, um, <laughs> um, uh, Leonardo back in the day, um, I mean, Leandro, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there, there's just a different cast of characters. And I think um, some of that veteran 
uh, backup glue is not only missing from the bench, but it's missing from, you know, the practices and chemistry and all of that? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I've had a lot of fans and, and readers reach out to me and say, what's wrong with the bench? What's wrong with the bench? I actually don't think the bench is the problem. Um, when you look at it on an individual basis, you know, you have Alfonso McKinney in my mind is an upgrade from Patrick McCaw. Um, you know, Jonas Jarebko is a major upgrade from Omer Caspi in my mind. Um, so on a, on an individual basis, that's not really the concern. I, I think you bring up a good point that what they're missing is, you know, ha- kind of having the old heads around, you know, like David West, like Zaza Pachulia. I think those guys, those guys, even JaVale McGee, as bad of a rap as he gets at times, he was a good guy to have in the locker room to keep it light, to keep it fun, to joke around. And I just feel like, in general, that easygoing vibe is missing a little bit this season. And that's a really important thing when you talk about the ethos of what makes this group go. Yeah, I think it was kind of missing last year, too. But we put it down to boredom, um, complacency, let's just get through the regular season. And they were still just rolling people. Um, but, you know, it's hard to have fun when it is a job. And even though it's a super fun job, it's still a job. And these guys are, you know, playing round the, round the year round. And, um, and I, you know, there is, I wouldn't say fatigue, physical fatigue that sets in, but there's certainly mental fatigue. And they're around each other all the time, you know. And, and I think their chemistry is better than a lot of superstar-laden teams. But I still understand that, you know, Connor, sometimes I get sick of you. I know you can't believe that, but, but you know, you get you, people get on each other's nerves and their habits and their patterns, and and so little things. Uh, it's just maybe not as much fun as as it used to be. Wow, revelations here <laughs> in the bowels of Oracle Arena. Um, no, but uh, the the one one thing that about this season is um i think a lot of people want to say what's wrong with the warriors what's wrong with the warriors but let's give a little bit of credit to the league i mean i feel like the league in general has done its job in that other teams have slowly closed the the talent gap i mean the western conference when you look at it there are no easy wins outside of maybe phoenix i mean every team that you may not have taken seriously in the past is is you know legitimately talented now Sacramento being a great example Sacramento's lost three games to the Warriors this season by a combined combined 10 points I mean that they are a team that could be in line for the first playoff appearance in since 2006 and and that's a team that a lot of people projected to be one of the worst teams in the league they thought they were at least a couple years away from being a playoff contender and that to me is just kind of a microcosm of the league and so it's 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 uh you know that's a huge part of it I think is that these teams were always giving the Warriors their best shot but now they're actually talented right and you can blame the Warriors for some of that because they have all built themselves in the in the model of the Warriors and um, you know I think you wrote the other day about Sacramento you know kind of being obsessed with the Warriors and we know that Houston was obsessed with the Warriors and that game last week was one of the great regular season games I've seen at Oracle with the Rockets overtime win and you know that's a team that it, it was easy to dismiss them early on because they got off to such a bad start but man they look like they're the team that the Warriors are really going to have to worry about and you think about just their last um 
what is it, 10 or, or 12 games against the Warriors, um, I think they they have a winning record, right? I mean, yeah. obviously they, they lost in the playoffs in seven games, but um, yeah, they they're they're a, everyone's going to be a hard out. The one the one the biggest surprise to me, I guess, the biggest disappointment of the first half was the Christmas Day game mm-hmm. because that was just so weird. I mean, that's a game that usually the Warriors gets completely fired up for. They're always fired up to see LeBron. You know, they know they're on national television. They want to strut their stuff. They were at home, and they were just so flat. And to lose that way, especially after LeBron went out, I, of of the two things this season that have really kind of startled me, the Durant Draymond dust up kind of did, and the subsequent suspension of Draymond. But then that that Christmas Day performance was just kind of su- a surprise. Well, you know, and it wasn't just that Christmas Day performance. They've lost by 20 plus points at home to several of you know their biggest threats Oklahoma City obviously the Lakers um Milwaukee uh who else Houston right or Toronto sorry Toronto was the the fourth one I was thinking of they lost to Houston by 20 plus in Houston um so and those are games that are some of their most marquee games of the season those are games that you would think as soon as the schedule comes out in august players are circling those and saying i'm going to be up for that game and those happen to be the games where they laid the biggest eggs and they they just did not show up and that to me if you're going to pinpoint anything that's concerning about this first half of the season that to me is the biggest head scratcher yeah because uh that seem that would be as close a correlation as you can get to what's going to happen in april and may and and obviously um, this is a team that has come through, you know, has shined in the biggest games, and um, I, I and I, I still can't really figure out exactly why that is. I mean, if it's if it's um, overconfidence, or if it's fatigue, or if it's just you know trying not to get so up because they know that if they get too up for these regular season games it takes a lot out of them so i'm not really sure do you get any theories um you know i'm I'm still trying to figure that out what i will say is that this is a more flawed roster than i think people realize entering the season this has been the first time where i've been able to look at the roster and circle major glaring holes you know there every roster isn't perfect but last year we were talking about pretty minor things this year I mean obviously the big one is they have no interior presence and we knew they were going to be relatively thin there entering the season uh, at least until DeMarcus comes back but um, losing Damian Jones hurt more than people realize I know he didn't play great when he was playing when he was healthy but he's a legitimate seven footer who can match you know the size and strength of of some of the best big men out there the Rudy Gobert's the Steven Adams of the world and without him in there they're leaning on undersized guys like Kevon Looney Jordan Bell and then that's pretty much it you know you're getting the occasional cameo from Jarepko and Draymond Green but you're you're basically depending way more than you would like to on Kevon Looney because he's been your only decent center this season. And um, that that's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor the rest of the season. I know a lot of people are, are hoping that Cousins can kind of fix all that. And I think he'll help, but there's plenty of questions there too. 
Yeah, I mean, whenever someone's coming back from a serious injury, you have no idea what it's going to be like. And, you know, especially, I mean, I covered the 49ers too, and Richard Sherman just came back from an Achilles. And, you know, he, he was pretty effective, but he clearly wasn't the player he had been before. And he doesn't have the body that DeMarcus Cousins has. I mean, that's a lot of weight and a big person to put on an Achilles tendon. Um, and I, I just, you know, that's certainly another thing uh, that's going to be intriguing about this second half is when does DeMarcus, I won't say come back because he's never been here, when does he get on the court for the Warriors? Um, I, you know, just looking at what Steve's been saying recently, I'm wondering if it, they're looking at that L.A. weekend um, down with the Clippers and the Lakers because that's, again, marquee. I'm sure DeMarcus is interested in that. Um, but that's going to be another little chapter in this in this uh, in this book of the 2018-2019 season that is so far um, taking a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And kind of building off what you were saying about Demarcus, um, you know, probably the best comparison there is out there to someone who has gone through what Demarcus has gone through would be Elton Brand back in 2007. Uh, Elton Brand was the same age, around the same dimensions when he got injured in 2007. Keep in mind, you know, the medical practices have improved in the past decade plus, but um, Elton Brand was a two-time All-Star before he got the he tore his Achilles. He was never the same player when he came back, um, not even close. He was just a serviceable big man at best. He really struggled to move. His speed was not there. And he was out of the league a few years later. Um, this is a guy who a lot of people felt had Hall of Fame talent. And so I'm not saying that's going to happen with DeMarcus, but I am saying that, you know, people need to kind of keep their expectations in check because it's not easy for a 6'11", 260-pound dude to come back from that kind of injury. Yeah, though I will say I, it seems like medical uh, – advances are made every season and and things you know crazy things um get done and you see people who you know seriously injured things in a college football game in november playing in a championship game in early january so um i think that uh i think there's a lot of hope i mean i i think it'll be really fun to see if I, i mean i hope he's healthy because i think it'll be fun um, I, I would love to see, you know, his ability to pass. It's just, it'll be such a different dynamic than really the Warriors have ever had. I mean, they had Andrew Bogut at a high level, but not at this, um, you know, certainly not a full all-star form. So, again, it's another another thing to be uh, intrigued about. Yeah, no, definitely. And the 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 reality, t- so let's, let's just kind of put a bow on this real quick. Um, who Who is your first half MVP uh it's Steph because uh things fall apart when Steph's not there and uh and we saw that with the uh with the the very bad three Texas three-step you know when when he was missing I mean I mean really until he went out the season was looking like it was going to be another typical Warriors season uh runaway season and not only did him going out kind of change the trajectory of the season it also changed the chemistry and changed the vibe and changed kind of everything about it. So Durant's been fantastic, there's no doubt. But um, definitely I would still put Steph up there as the, you know, I think this season is just further proof that he's the guy who makes this whole thing work. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like 
we've never seen his value more apparent than that 12-game stretch that he missed. I think I wrote when he was coming back that he actually buoyed his MVP case by missing time. <laughs> um, be- the plus-minus and all those deep analytic dive, that whole deep analytic dive that you might want to do, they all just supported that he is everything to this team. And as great as Kevin Durant is, I'm not taking anything away from Kevin Durant. He's one of the greatest scorers of all time. He is not the franchise. The franchise is always going to be Steph Curry. Um, And kind of the flip side of that, who has been to you the biggest disappointment of the first half of the season? Besides Patrick McCall? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is he... That's a weird thing. Yeah, Um, but he's not a a game changer. Um, You know, and I hate to say, I hate to pick someone who's been injured because that's not fair, but I think Draymond, um, you know... There's been flashes since he's been back of the Draymond that makes this thing work so well. And um, I just want to see more of that. So that's been a little disappointing. Clay's slump is a little disappointing. So I, w- I would kind of say both of those things combined. It's just, you know, this we talk about it all the time, the four All-Stars, the four All-Stars, the four All-Stars. And two of them just haven't been playing um, the way we expect. Now, again, fatigue, age, all those things. Um, you know, you can you always play at such a high level, but but I I would like to see them get back into the form that you know that they have, just because that's what's the most fun to watch. Yeah, no, I obviously it's got to be either it has to be either Clay or Draymond. I'm I would say Draymond's been the biggest disappointment, just because if you look at Clay's season, the only thing he's really struggled at is three-point shooting, and he's kind of helped make up for that by hitting really well in the mid-range, and he's still shooting over 21, you know, he's still averaging over 21 points per game and, and, and helping a lot defensively. Draymond has struggled even in aspects of the game that he can control. I mean, it's a, your, your shot comes and goes, but defense is kind of an effort thing a lot of times, and he, you know, obviously struggled with his shot, but his defense has been far be, far below what we're used to seeing from him uh the plus minus numbers aren't good um he's not only not playing at a defensive player of the year level he's not even playing at an all defensive team level and if he makes the all-star team it will be solely because of his name recognition he does not deserve to make the all-star team clay thompson in my mind you could at least make an argument that he deserves to make the all-star team but draymond definitely does not and um, they're going to need him to take a major step forward in the second half of the season for them to achieve all their goals because he is so important to what they do. And I think if you're going to pin – you don't want to pin a team's struggles on one player, but I think his struggles have been have had a bigger effect on whether or not they win or lose games than anyone else. I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, yeah, he, he just hasn't been the same player. And we know he puts a lot of pressure on himself. You know, he – he has been outspoken about his desire to be um, an all-star, to be a defensive player of the year candidate. And um, so, you know, that he drives himself that way. Um, but, you know, the main thing is just, just get back to good form at this point and, and yeah. uh, you know, forget about, uh, you know, the, the, the stats. But like you said, play good defense. Don't turn the ball over. Do what you can do. And, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 like I said, it's a different kind of year so far. All that being said, do you think they win it all? Or do you still think that they're going to win? They're going to be hoisting their third straight Larry O'Brien Trophy come June. I feel like they will. Um, I feel like 
you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in experience and knowing how to win when you need to. Um, we haven't seen them not do that, uh, except in a seventh game in Oracle against LeBron. Um, when they need to, they've figured out how to do it. And as, as weird as this first half of the season has been, they haven't needed to win these games yet. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think it's going to be an interesting playoffs, but I still think they win it all. They're just when when it, when the push comes to shove, they're going to get it together and they're going to make it happen, especially with Demarcus in the fold. Um, so, Anne, I appreciate you joining me. Um, you know, this season we've done more player interviews and coach interviews, but I still want to have you and and Scott and and Bruce on every once in a while if you're cool with that. Oh yeah, will it be like last year when we did it uh, after we'd been, we'd been drinking? Oh yeah, well uh, I think that was our best pod ever, so uh, we'll definitely have to have a, a reunion of that one. That was Ann Killian, our sports columnist. I want to thank Ann for coming on. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And you've got a minute to give us a quick review. That helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.